Okay, welcome back, super friends, to the second episode of our podcast, We Get It, He's Superman, an episode-by-episode Smallville podcast. I'm your host, James, joined by my other host... Robin. You got it. (laughs) I I did it this time. And this time we're talking about episode two, Metamorphosis, air date uh, October 23rd, 2001. Written by Alfred Goh and Miles Millar. I believe that's how you pronounce their names, but I should find that out because they're also the show's showrunners. Woo! Yay! So, this is the first episode of the series that has the famous Smallville theme song, which, again, Robin has never heard. So, uh, we're going to play it for her right now. Yeah, I mean, you've seen at least a couple episodes. It's very good. Yeah, that's Save Me by the band Remy Zero from their album The Golden Hum, released uh, in 2001. It's, uh, you know, it's it's kind of about, like, saving people like Superman does, but, like, emotionally. Right. The second line of it is, let your warm hands break right through. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, are we legally allowed to play a snippet of it in this episode, or do we just have to sing it so that it's it's fair use? Uh, we're gonna see if we can't Somebody play Somebody save <laughs> me! And, uh, listener, I mean, when you, you... You can't actually watch the opening credits here. Uh, when you watch, you know, the opening credits like an action show like Buffy, they'll include a lot of scenes of her, like, kicking vampires or doing backflips and stuff. But they only have footage from, like, three episodes of Smallville, so there's, like, one scene of Clark falling off a bridge and one scene of him standing in front of some brush fires. Like, that's... That makes sense. That's all they got right now. The version that I saw included him tied to that stake with, as a scarecrow. Huh. Oh, yeah, I think he was in the scarecrow stake. Also, I forgot how young Tom Welling was. Mm-hmm. Or how, how young he looked. I mean, still not 16, but... He does have that kind of puppy dog face still, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, he's so cute. But anyhow, let's get to the meat of the episode. Uh, we got a... Good. We got a... <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, good. <laughs> That thing we do on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a really comprehensive previously on Smallville segments. Um, and it even ends, like the section of that segment, ends with the theme song they were playing at the end of the last episode. It's kind of odd. 
But anyhow, it starts right where that left off. Uh, Lana's just been dropped off from the homecoming dance, declared homecoming queen by her, you know, homecoming friends. And she goes up to her room, and in a touch that I love, she takes off her tiara and opens a drawer that's, like, full of tiaras and just puts it in there. (laughs) (laughs) She's popular. Yep. And she sees, like, a little, little present on her bed, and she opens it, and it's full of butterflies. Well, CGI butterflies. But they look pretty good. I mean, it's hard to mess up a butterfly, I guess. Does she open it and they all, like, flutter out? Or is it, like, full of dead butterflies? No, no. So it must have been put there pretty recently. Uh, Meanwhile, outside in the tree overlooking her window and filming her is this episode's villain. His name is... Sorry. Greg Arkin, played by Chad Danella, but he'll get his super villain name pretty soon. Ooh, ooh, can I guess it? Yes. Metamarcosis. Yes, that's actually. Wait, why Mark? Because <laughs> Greg doesn't fit into metamorphosis. It's not going to be Metamorpho Greg, James. Okay, I guess that's true. So anyway, he drives home in his VW bug. Oh, I get it. And he finds his mother watching... He's German. Yes. He finds his mother watching one of the other creepy tapes he made secretly recording Lana Lang. And she's like, what? 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 (laughs) I was kind of hoping you would say he finds his mother watching one of the creepy secret tapes that he made of Lana Lang. And she's like, oh, sorry, son. I started without you. The popcorn's (laughs) almost ready if you want to go grab it. Butterflies this time, huh? Pretty good. Unfortunately not. She's really weirded out and threatens to send him to military school. And he's like, who's going to take care of my bugs? He goes into his room and he has just like a dozen terrariums with various bugs. And some of the rocks in those terrariums are that suspicious green meteor rock that we saw from last episode. Oh. So... He decides he's going to save his bug friends. He shoves all his terrariums in his car and drives away listening to uh, Last Resort by... Who did Last Resort? I didn't do the research. You know the song. Uh, can you sing it for me a little bit? You know, cut my life into in pieces. pieces. This, okay, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's not... No, Incubus' songs are different. Well... Well, what, we, you know it. Yeah, yeah. You know, everyone knows the song. It's fine. Uh one of the terrariums falls over and all these bugs, you know, start swarming out. They're like green fireflies, essentially. And they start sing- stinging him. And he goes like, ow, ow, no, ow, stop it. He's like talking to the bugs like, hey, guys, knock it off. Come on. This isn't funny. And he's still driving at full speed, even though he's being like stung by a whole swarm of um, fireflies. And Teenagers. He cr- yeah. He crashes into a tree. Uh, Later, his mother goes into his room, but he's like, she doesn't see him because he's clinging to the ceiling. And from now on, every time they show him in a scary light, there's going to be like uh, cicada kind of rattles because he's like a bug person now. Can I guess again what his supervillain name is? Yes. Is it Spider-Man? Because I've definitely (laughs) seen Spider-Man do that. (laughs) No, this is a different character bitten by a radioactive bug who's taken on the powers of the bugs. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) So we have our title sequence, and then we cut to a dream sequence 
where Clark is floating over Lana Lang as she's sleeping in bed. Uh, they said no tights, no flights, but this is a little flight adjacent. And she wakes up and says, hey, Clark, this was all your fault. Then he wakes up for real, floating like a foot over his bed and falls down and breaks it. Mm. Uh, they go to the farmer's market, and in a touch, I just, I don't know, love for some reason I can't quite put my finger on. He's like putting up the sign for like Kent Organic Produce, and he just pushes the nail in with his thumb. This kind of <laughs> low-key uses of super strength. Yeah. I don't know, there's, there's just something about it for me that works out. That's pretty good, I like that. Uh, for some reason, Chloe and Pete are both working at the stands. Maybe they pay them. I don't know. Maybe they volunteered. I get They're but, friends. Okay, but it's a for-profit farm. It's yeah, not like a soup like, kitchen. No, but like if, you're, if your friend has to go to work, uh, boring. Might as well keep him company and also get some free corn out of it, maybe. I don't know. I, I guess so. I've never... I've never gone to a friend's office to, like, hang out with him. Bosses usually like don't like school. that. Like, like your high school friends? Yeah. high school? I worked at a Vons. Did you ever have friends come and help you sell produce at Vons? No. Oh. <laughs> Bummer. So, um, Whitney and Lana walk by, and Lana says, Hey, Clark, I didn't see you at the dance. And Clark says... Well, I was a little tied up. Uh, he goes to get some stuff out of the car. Whitney comes with him and says, Hey, man, that was just a prank. And also, I really, really need Lana's dead meteor necklace back. Oh, that's right. He put it on him when he was a super uh, scarecrow man. Sorry. Yeah. I forgot Clark. that the S stood for scarecrow. <laughs> Clark says, I don't have it. So get a flashlight and get out to the cornfield and look for it, I guess. Snip snap. Yup. Meanwhile, Lana's looking at, like, some kind of porcelain butterflies, and Greg is behind her and says, they're beautiful, aren't they? Now, at the start of the episode, Greg had, like, long, unwashed hair and a lot of acne and really, like, thick, uh, not particularly flattering glasses. But now, you know, his skin's clear, he's not wearing glasses, his hair is slicked back, and he's wearing a pretty, pretty dope black trench coat. So he's, like, TV hot. Oh, oh. Can I guess again what his new name is? Yes. Is it is it Spider-Man? I'm still going with Spider-Man. <laughs> it's still not Spider-Man. All right. Um, oh, also, not for nothing, when you actually go to buy this season on Amazon Prime, the picture they have is of Tom Welling in like a sweet black duster. I don't know why. Maybe mm. he wears one in this season. But we anyhow, he says... Hey, Lana, will you help me with my, like, English paper? And she says, sure, we'll meet at the library. And he says, it's a date, which you should never, ever say unless it's a real date. I don't think anyone's ever said that outside of TV anyway. I did once with a girl that I was kind of attracted to at an office who was, like, way too old for me. And for, I mean, it was a terrible thing to do is what I'm saying. I'm speaking from personal experience. Fair enough. I've been on a lot of dates and i don't think even those like i've never had a situation where someone said to me it's a date hmm. either in a real date or in a just friends hanging out scenario no one has ever said that well, whitney says to greg 
uh, hey man, stop following my girlfriend around, and if I find out that you've been leaving, like, breaking into her room and leaving gifts, I'm gonna beat the shit out of you, pretty much. Which is an entirely reasonable response. What a weirdly specific threat. <laughs> Greg says, hey, you afraid of the competition? He's like, we're not in competition, you're a creepy weird stalker. Stop it. Mm. And Accurate. the... The last person to meet at our, you know, uh, town square that is the farmer's market is Lex Luthor. He Love him. <laughs> he sees Clark, you know, looking at Lana and says, hey, I like your taste in women. Now, keep in mind, Lana's like probably 16 in this show, roughly, and Lex is in his mid-20s. Uh, that's not going to get any less weird as the episode goes on. So, Ew. Whitney's driving home in his truck. It's like 2 o'clock. The farmer's market is over. Uh, Greg climbs up a tree and like jumps on the top of his truck and starts punching down. And Whitney like freaks out and the car flips over and he's knocked unconscious. Uh, the Kents are also driving up, I guess having sold all their fruits. And, of course, it's a car overturned in a TV show. So Clark runs over and, like, kind of gets uh, between him, between Whitney and the truck right when it explodes. And what's great is, like, a little CGI, like, chunk of engine block kind of flies out of the explosion and bounces off his head. Wait, I'm confused. Yeah. Wasn't Whitney in the car when it turned oh, over? Oh, I mean, Clark pulled him out of the car. Oh, okay. And then the car exploded. Yeah. Okay. Use your imagination, Robin. Got it. No, I got it. <laughs> So they go. Having trouble picturing the scene. (laughs) They go back home to the farm, and his dad's like, "Well, I'm real proud of you, son." And Clark says, "Hey, uh, I was flying this morning. What's happening to me?" And his dad's like, "I mean, (laughs) it's like I have no idea. Uh, That shouldn't be physically possible. We'll figure it out." And Clark's like, "But it's happening to me, so I'm kind of scared." He's like, "Well." Do your chores. Really? <laughs> Hang on a second. This he is does... something that this is something that I didn't understand very well last time either. So Clark has had super strength and super speed his whole life, right? I think so, yeah. Or pretty close or, to it. As long as he can remember, probably. Mm-hmm. And probably the super hearing and supervision too. Uh, if he has super hearing he, get hearing, he gets snuck up a lot on this episode, but maybe. Well, maybe just supervision then. Yeah. But not adult supervision. Oh, anyway. Uh, yeah. And he's clearly keeping it a secret from people. Yes. So he has to know it's not normal. But it wasn't until last episode that his dad was like, oh, by the way, you're an alien. Yeah, uh, we talked about that a bit, but... I think Clark always knew that his parents weren't his parents. He just didn't know he was from space. Okay, but like, now that he's going through all this stuff, his dad isn't like, yeah, let's figure this out together. He's just like, yeah, maybe that happens for aliens. Anyway, chore time. I mean, he does say, you know, we'll figure it out together. He's nice about it, but like, at the end of the day, he's basically throwing up his hands. Like, what am I going to do? What do you want me to do, son? You know, he can take him to, like, a doctor or something. Or a spaceologist. His parents have known for, like, 16 years that he's an alien. They haven't tried to research this separately from him. What am I going to do? Wikipedia? Aliens? 
that's probably a good start. <laughs> In a world where aliens exist, or like contact the the paranormal research people and be like, "Hey, what do you know about green rocks and aliens?" Asking for a friend. <laughs> I think so, they're worried so like the black helicopters will come and take him away. Which, for the good of the country, they should. There, I said it. <laughs> wow. But then he won't have those good down-home values that everyone loves. True. Like snapping necks and getting and creepily staring at women. Mm-hmm. Sorry, well, go on. Also, uh, it makes the fact that they bought him a telescope and got him into astronomy, in retrospect, like kind of creepy. It's like, he'll want to know how to use a telescope after we tell him. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant they're like, maybe he'll figure this out on his own. son perhaps you could find the answer to your problems by looking above are you talking about jesus no i'm talking about space figure it out clark i wonder if he went through a phase after like going to church and been like oh my god (laughs) do i have like god powers (laughs) his friends like no it's like how do you know we know (laughs) do you yeah. That must have been an awkward conversation. Speaking of awkward conversations, we cut to Lana Lang's ranch. She's riding her horse and she goes into the barn. And who's there? Lex Luthor. Ooh. Uh, ostensibly there to see Lana's aunts because they mentioned last episode the aunt uh, sold a lot of land to the Luthers. But he's really there to be the ultimate evil wingman for Clark. Ew. So, basically... He uh, admires a, she has kind of a award, what is it, like when you, like a picture frame but full of awards. Like a trophy case? Sort of, but it's not like a full like foot long case, it's thin, they're like thin awards, like ribbons and stuff and pictures. I think that still counts as a trophy case. I'm going to say right. trophy case. Well, it says, hey, uh, that necklace you have is great. And she says, yes, it's very special to me. Oh, why aren't you wearing it now? She says, I lent it to my boyfriend. Says, Oh, your boyfriend, eh? What's his name? Says, Whitney. It's like, Oh, that's the guy Clark saved the life of yesterday. Wow. One of them throws footballs, one of them saves lives. Makes you kind of wonder if you're with the right guy, right? That is no way. There's no way that's what he actually said. I hand to God. He also says, And look at you now. You're all grown up. She's 16. Mm. And apparently they had met previously. Uh, Lana was like down in Metropolis for some equestrian competition when she was 10. Which leads me to beg the question. They have equestrian divisions for 10 year olds? Sure. They have them for everyone. If you can ride a horse, you can compete on a horse. I guess so. That's the motto of the equestrian club. So she was staying at the Luther like penthouse and went to the indoor pool. And apparently, uh, teenage Lex Luther was skinny dipping with a girl and teaching her the breaststroke. Oh, I get it. But the weird thing was, it she remembers that he was actually like trying to teach her to swim. She seemed very confused and disappointed. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so Lex leaves, having you know seeded part one of his intricate plan. I like how Lex is like, 
he doesn't really get human relationships. His, uh, his base nature is to, like, concoct some kind of plot to help his friend, <laughs> Clark Kent, <laughs> who he's known for, like, three days. And the thing with Lex, right, was he became Clark's friend because Clark saved him? Yeah. Yeah, his car hit him and they fell off the bridge and he saved his life. And so then Lex tried to repay him by buying him a car, but Clark had to give it back. So mm. now he's trying to repay him by getting him a woman? Is Pretty that much, yeah. Is happening? Okay. Just making sure. Oh, also, I should say, uh, Lex actually has the necklace. He picked it up when Clark ran off at the end of the last episode. Yeah, so, that makes sense. Cut back to Greg's house. His mother comes home and, like, the temperature's at, like, 103 degrees. And there's, like, handprints and stuff all over the walls and ceilings. And he goes to his room and it's covered in webs. And she turns around, and Greg's behind her, nude. Yeah. And he's also, like, super ripped. Like, you know, he's an actor now. Spider-Man. And he says, yes. He says, hey, Mom, do you know about the pharaoh spider? And she says, as I'm sure she said a million times before, no, please tell me about the pharaoh spider, because I'm just dying to know. <laughs> Is that how she said it? Because it seems a little bit more like she would be scared. Yeah, no, she's actually really scared. And he says, when it's born, it kills its mother. And then he, like, unhinges his jaw and shoots a lot of silly string at her. Does she die? Uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, she's deader than disco, baby. Oh. Yep. Bummer. Oh, and I should say, Lex also says, maybe you should ask your boyfriend what he was doing before the dance last night. So we cut to school, and that's what she does. She walks into Whitney. It's like, what were you doing last night? It's like, I was warming up by tying Clark Kent to a scarecrow. Give me back my necklace. He's like, I lost it. And she's like, well, bye. Really? Yeah, pretty much. And as she's walking away, Greg walks past her. And you know what? If I was a bug man and I just murdered my mother, I would not be going to class. Yeah, it feels like there's got to be better things you could do with your time. He says, hey, Lana, I've been waiting in the library for an hour. Are we going to do this lit paper or what? And she says, oh, you know, sorry, something really important came up. I'll have to do a rain check. And he grabs her arm. He's like, you're not blowing me off your boyfriend. And she's like, you know, she has to kind of be civil about it because that's what you do when all the men in your life are awful. Mm. (laughs) He says, no, I'm going to see Clark Kent. He's like, oh, you're like Clark Kent more than me. So anyhow... Well, yeah. (laughs) Uh, She winds up in his barn, um, or as Clark says, my dad calls it my fortress of solitude. I don't get it. No, oh my god. (laughs) Oh, I get it. It's his baiting cave. Yes. (laughs) The bait cave. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. We have to actually cut back. Clark had come to Lex Luthor's house to, like, um, drop off some produce or something. Uh, they, they made up some reason. Mm-hmm. And Lex has this big recreation of the Battle of Troy. It says, I got this when I was nine. It's a cool gift. It's not a gift. It's a strategy tool that my dad got me. Battle of Troy started because two men were in love with the same woman. Kind of like you and the quarterback. Oh, God. And he's like, oh, he's like, you know, the football god king of the town. I'm already screwed. And he's like, don't be so sure. You realize uh, if you would just let him die, all your problems will be over. He says, 
I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> but then he brings out the necklace and he says, give her this necklace and tell her what happened. And this is the key to your getting to Lana Lang. And it's in a lead box. So it's like, oh, sickness and lead. Um, in this episode, they really go all in. Apparently, I read this on Wikipedia, so take it with a bit of a grain of salt. I didn't do a lot of intensive research for this episode. When they showed the pilot to focus group people, they didn't understand why Clark Kent was getting sick around the Green Rock. What? Really? What? So now when he's around kryptonite, it glows and makes kind of a hmm sound. And in addition to him going like, oh, 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 I'm sick, like... It's like all these green CGI veins start showing up on his hands. And he's like, there's a scene where he's like opening the, the lead box and like that happens, closes it, goes away, opens it, hand, closes it, goes away. Like they really make sure it's like, this hurts Clark. <laughs> wow. Wait, so I, in the first episode, was the rock just like a dark green stone that had no... Like, it didn't glow or anything. It, was, it wasn't like, it didn't look radioactive, I guess I should say. It just looked like a green rock. Yeah, it's just like a green like a gemstone, of, and all you like see is... Of, like green quartz or something. Yeah, yeah. And all you know is that it's uh, made from the meteors that arrived right when Clark Kent landed and makes him sick. And I don't know, I feel like we're always complaining in movies, and it's like, you don't have to explain, you know, what Superman's origin is. You don't have to explain what kryptonite is, but maybe they do. Apparently, geez. So, anyway, Lana comes to Clark's loft to apologize on behalf of Whitney. Oh, she also... What? Yeah, no, he says, look, you're not the one who should be apologizing. You had nothing to do with it. She also says, we live a mile apart. So that's one question we had answered. And looking through his telescope says, hey, uh, did you even see my house from here? He's like, what? No. He's like, oh, did I accidentally knock that thing over again? It was supposed to be pointing up at Polaris. Yes, Gravity, that's a star. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and she says, oh, he lost my necklace. It's very important to me. It might sound weird. She tells Clark about the whole the dead meteor necklace thing. Uh, apparently her aunt gave it to her the day she officially adopted her. So I'm just waiting for the revelation that, like, throughout the season, her aunt is, like, the Scranton Strangler or something. <laughs> I like that her aunt was like, you're, you're mine now. Here's a symbol of your dead parent to have forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she also says Lex Luthor left some breadcrumbs, and I just kind of follow them. And Clark says he shouldn't have done that. She says, yes, he should have, because he's a good friend, Clark. So, as this show taught me so much about relationships, Robin, is there perhaps a, a person that you have your eye on that you can't quite seem to corral into loving you? Um, sure. Okay, we'll talk after. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to give me some advice. Like, <laughs> all right, I will go talk to this person and tell them that you saved my life. That's step one. <laughs> Step two is sowing the seeds of doubt with their current partner. If you excuse me, I'll be in the plotting nook. <laughs> so, he doesn't give her the necklace. I'm not sure why. Maybe because he realizes this is like a way to, you know, creepily manipulate someone into liking you instead of just having a genuine kind of relationship with somebody. 
But mm-hmm. I I don't know if I can give young Clark Kent that much credit yet. Yeah. Teenagers are stupid. Honestly, he probably just wussed out. Hey, do you think Lex knew that Lead would protect Clark from the Green Rock? Or that the Green Rock had been hurting him? Um, he says it's a... A... It was like a gift box given to his mother before she died. It's like made from the armor of Charlemagne or something to that effect. What the fuck, Lex? And Clark's like, I can't take this. And he's like, what is it about Kent's and accepting gifts? Oh, man. So, so it was just... It was just coincidence that he gave him the kryptonite in a lead box. Yeah. Yep. Wow. That's great. Of all the friends to have. <laughs> okay, Robin. Yes. Um, you're writing this episode, and you need to show that A, kryptonite hurts Clark, and B, lead can block its effects. How do you do it? Well, I would make him give the necklace, like, pull the necklace out of his pocket and give it to Clark, and then when Clark gets sick, then he's like, oh, let me put that in something for you. That's basically what he does, just in reverse. Well, no, it's fine. Keep going. We're at 30 minutes already. (laughs) (laughs) So we go back to the Kent barn. Um, Jonathan Kent is, he's putting, like, big saw blades on some kind of tube. Maybe it's a, a, like, a thresher blade or something. I have no idea what farm purposes this device um, actually has. It probably won't come into play later at all. And, but then on the soundtrack, we hear that, like, cicada sound. Uh-oh. And, you know, Greg's in the loft, and he attacks, you know, he tackles Clark, and Clark's kind of, like, Shaq shoves him off of him. And his dad's like, what's going on, Clark? And Clark's like, oh, there's someone in the rafters. He says it like, I know this sounds stupid, but... So, they get their flashlights, and they're looking around, and Greg pushes Jonathan over, and he's about to fall onto the... The saw blades. And this is the first instance of what the producers called Clark time. It's like bullet time, only with Clark. Essentially, he moves normal speed while everything else is slow. Okay. Uh, It's a pretty good effect. He runs downstairs and, like, throws his body in front of his dad's body. So uh, he lands on him and kind of just flattens all the saw blades under him. Oh, nice. Yeah. And by the time they they come to, uh, Greg is gone, and there's weird green handprints and also footprints on the ceiling. Like, he can stick to the ceiling. No, no, with with, with shoes. Shoe prints. So, that doesn't make any sense. At least he's not naked anymore. Yeah. And Clark says, hey, I knew that kid when, you know, he was my friend in elementary school. I think that's Greg so-and-so. And his dad's like, but it doesn't make sense. He has bug powers. And his mom says, um, he's an alien. Let's not, you know, let's open our minds a bit. But to be fair, an alien and an unrelated, like, weird mutant bug thing, if those are independent events, it's much more unrealistic than any one of them happening, you know, by itself. That's just statistics. Maybe, maybe... Did they at any point entertain the idea that they're both aliens who came to Earth at the same time and their powers are just manifesting differently? No. I'm surprised they didn't go there. I would like the version of this show where every new person they at first think is just another alien. (laughs) But then it turns out that they're a human who's been affected by kryptonite in some way. Right. 
they somehow figure that out, although Jonathan Kent's like, it's probably that fertilizer plant pumping God knows what into the earth and water. Like, all right. Both equally valid, like, causes for a weird mutant bug boy, to be fair. Yeah, sure. Uh, Clark was, says... Oh, sorry, go on. I was just, just going to make a joke about GMOs, but I feel like if I do, it might give people the wrong idea about my opinions about GMOs. <laughs> I'm for them. <laughs> yes, we are pro-GMO on this show. I forget hey, what a GMO okay. is, but... Uh, yep. Uh, Clark tells his dad that he knows he's not responsible for those meteors killing Lana Lang's parents and making her kind of weird, but he still feels responsible. And his dad says, and that's what makes you human. Yeah, that's kind of a nice scene. So Clark, instead of immediately, I don't know, calling the police or just super running down to Greg's house and kicking the door in, he goes to school the next day and he talks to Chloe and says, hey, Chloe, uh, Greg is still the science reporter for the school newspaper, right? And, uh... No school newspaper has ever had a science reporter. Ever. Agreed. And she says, well, he was till he stopped turning in, you know, articles a week ago. He says, why do you need him? Are you coming out of the entomology closet? I get it. It's not funny, but I get it. Yeah. So he basically says, "Uh, let's go to your wall of weird room. He's a weird bug man now. She says, I've seen tribes in like the Amazon that take on the effects of bugs after they were bitten. And, you know, uh, the title and a lot of the kind of framing of these freaks and the explanations reminds me a lot of the X-Files where Mulder's like, no, like in in some countries there's been ghost sightings around this thing, but if it was transplanted to America, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. She's our molder, essentially. And he yeah. says, um, if there are bugs that bite you and give you superpowers, like, we'd all have superpowers by now. And she says, well, maybe he doesn't have enough toxin. you got to be bitten by a whole bunch of them. It's I'm pretty sure this exact same conversation happened in the writer's room. But they have plausible explanation. Uh, Chloe and Clark and... Oh, who's the third guy? I've already forgotten his name. He doesn't do much this episode. Pete. Pete. Uh, They go to Greg's house. Says, looks like no one's home. As I said, Clark and Pete were friends with him when they were kids. Uh, They used to go hang out in a treehouse his dad built in the woods. But Clark didn't like it because... He's afraid of heights. He's afraid of heights. Yep. I fucking told you. I, I just didn't think it would be that much of a cliche. Well, I mean, if you sometimes woke up eight feet above your bed and then crashed into it and broke it every morning, you'd be afraid of heights too. <laughs> Did you break another bed, young man? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Chloe finds an open window and it's like, oh, look, it's not breaking and entering if we're just entering. She doesn't say that, but I mean, it's still, you know, really illegal. I think it's still technically breaking and entering. And they go, and they, like, find the mother webbed up. The corpse of the mother, I should say, all, like, webbed up in his room. Also with a really ostentatious Papa Roach poster. Oh, I get it. And they find his skin, like, his molted skin in the shower. And they're, like, taking photos and stuff. This is going to be a great scoop for the school newspaper. What? I mean, to be... There's a corpse. (laughs) 
To be fair, this is a Pulitzer Prize winning story, but still. Yeah, I mean, they can break the story while also giving the relevant details to the police. And they also find... Oh, sorry, go on. I was just gonna say, a woman has died. (laughs) And they also find all his, like, voyeur videos of Lana Lang. It's like, uh uh-oh, Lana's in danger. And then Clark says, I'll take these home to study more. (laughs) In case of clues. Like, maybe where his hideout is, or... How far he's, how much of Lana changing he's got on here. (laughs) For science. Yes. Uh, Lana's back at her horse ranch. I know Whitney's talking to her. He's like, I'm really sorry. And Bug Boy, as they've been calling this whole episode. Can I not say what his his supervillain name is? He's Bug Boy. That's a terrible supervillain name. Is it that much worse than Spider-Man? Yes. At least make him Bug Man. I guess so, yeah. Or Insect Dude. I would accept Insect Dude over Bug Boy. Well, he shows up at the bar and says, It's too late, Whitney. She's with me now. And Whitney's like, I'm going to beat you up. But, you know, he has super strength. So he just shack tosses him and knocks him out. And he says, It's time, Lana. She says, For what? And he says, The first of many, many kidnappings. Really? No, but it is. Anyhow, commercial. Clark shows up at the ranch. He's like, Lana, Lana, God, I wish cell phones existed so we could have just called you. Was that the first commercial break? No, but I'm saying that's kind of where the cut is. It, it just made more sense. We're, we're, yeah. we're, heading, we're heading towards the climax and the, what do you call it, denouement? Denouement. Yeah, you took English. You know all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, Whitney wakes up and says, you know, Greg kidnapped her. We got to go after her. He's already got a new truck, by the way. I really hate this guy. Clark? No, Whitney. After his other truck exploded in the start of the episode. Right, gotcha. Maybe the writers just forgot he didn't have a truck anymore. Is it the same truck? Maybe? I'm not sure. It's a nice truck. Both of them are pretty nice. So Clark says, you know, follow this road and go to his treehouse and like super whooshes away. And Whitney's like, where'd Clark go? Uh, Clark runs up to the treehouse, goes in there, and Lana's like lying on the ground covered in like fake spider webs. Mm-hmm. Greg's like, you can't have her. And Clark's like, I can dump truck, or what did I say last time? I can drop kick a dump truck into the sun. Let's do this. And they <laughs> fight and they like smash out the side of the warehouse uh, Bug Boy runs away towards the old abandoned foundry that was hit by meteors, and Clark chases him. And, mm-hmm. you know, as he goes in, the camera makes sure to show all the meteors, that they're glowing green, that his veins are getting a little poppy and everything. Because, I don't know if you realize this, but those, those meteor rocks, they, uh-huh. they make Clark sick. What? Yeah. God, I wish they had explained that more, like, sooner and, like, more thoroughly. I know. Um, it took me like three watchings, this scene. Uh, Greg sneaks up behind him and is like, Yo, do you know the Emperor Beetle can lift 300 times his body weight? And like picks up a big pipe and smacks him across the room a few times. Huh. Uh, so things look bad for Clark, but he finds like an overturned mine cart. He's like, hey, it's lined with lead. And he sits in it, but it's weird because coming into this, there's... Kryptonite rocks on both sides of the foundry, and this minecart only covers one side. It, it, 
heals him enough, I guess, he can get up and just throw a super punch. Uh, as Bug Boy's getting up, he actually like hits a like a switch, and a big piece of machinery falls on him and crushes him. And Clark That's says, good. "You know, Greg, watch out!" But uh, he didn't go into Clark time to run over there and hold up that piece of machinery or anything. Right, because of the kryptonite. Sure. <laughs> but that also, you asked if I was a writer. That also would be a great way to explain that lead protects him without having, like. Lex Luthor coincidentally give him a kryptonite rock in a lead line box. How do you introduce lead protecting him from kryptonite without saying, oh, this is lead? We know that does lead look distinctive enough from other metals? No, like, okay, Clark's having this big fight and he gets under a mine cart and all of a sudden the kryptonite rocks are no, are no longer affecting him. Sorry, mm. the meteor rocks. <laughs> The glowy green meteors are no longer affecting him. And then in the next episode, or at the end of this episode, he can be like, only when I hid under that lead minecart, he has to shout the word lead, was I able to be protected from those green rocks. I think maybe I won't get sick if there's lead between me and the rock. Anyway, here's your necklace, Lana. Gotta go. Whoosh. Well, the point is, everyone understands the kryptonite-led-Clark relationship now. Alright, fine. Also, when he's crushed, um, like a swarm of like beetles like crawls out from under the machinery like he was full of beetles? Did they all form together into a person and then he turns back into himself? No, the CGI wasn't nearly good enough for that. No, as far as I know, Greg's dead, just crushed under this machinery. Like, he shows up, beats up Whitney... Kidnaps Lana, ends up crushed under machinery, and again, that's just like, nothing comes of this. Everyone just goes back to their regular lives. Like, huh. this, I, I feel like everyone is going, they're going to figure this out at the station, right? They're going to get everyone's stories, and Clark is not going to be able to, like, keep a straight story. No way, well, shape, or form. I mean, he could say, hang on, let me think of a good lie that he could tell. He could say, I went up to the treehouse because that's where I knew he was keeping Lana. And I pushed him and we fell out of the treehouse and then he ran off. And then I came back to where Lana was. Mm, I guess so, yeah. As long as they don't find his fingerprints anywhere in that building. That <laughs> ah. might be hard to explain. <laughs> but here's the rub. He can't say that because Whitney goes up to the treehouse and finds Lana without Greg and frees her. It's like, you're safe now. Thank God I saved you. But Lana saw Clark fight off Bug Boy, right? No, no, she was, like, unconscious. Damn it. <laughs> so Clark sees him walking Lana back to his truck, and I guess he sa he's like, oh, if I reveal that I saved her, I'll have to reveal I have superpowers, so now I, like, can't... I, I really don't get his motivations. Uh, at the end of the episode, while that one song is playing, um... Somebody said... No, no, a different song. Okay. What is it? Uh, you know, if I could turn back time. That, that's from the 80s, though. What's the 2001 yeah. about time? Oh, yeah. It, it says, if I could, then I would. I'd go wherever you will go. Well, anyway, they're playing that song, which I don't know if it has any, like, symbolic meaning to what's happening on screen but he goes up to the door and he hangs the necklace on her door and knocks and runs away 
Got it. So I guess he thinks I can't be with Lana without revealing my secret now. So she's with Whitney, but I still want her to have her necklace. Which, I mean, actually, when she when, when the alternative is like doing Lex's creepy relationship plot, I guess is, is, is better. Yeah. I have a question, though. Sure. His, his friends know about his powers. Yeah? No. Wait. Chloe and Pete don't know? Nope. Oh, I thought they did. Okay, never mind. Retracted. (laughs) Well, that's the end of the episode. Uh, Not a bad episode. Not bad super fight for for the low production values I got. Um, They're doing a a, a thing where they're like casting the villains or uh, what you have you of high school into actual supervillains, which is kind of fun. Yeah, I remember that villain in high school. The one who loved bugs? Man. I'm thinking more of the creepy voyeur. Okay, yeah, that, that, that does make sense. You're right, you're right. Also, in high school, bug boy is not an acceptable insult. We have moved on to swearing by then. Um, who was the bad guy in the first episode again? The electric scarecrow. Oh, the electric scarecrow, that's right. He didn't have enough electrolytes, so he couldn't age. He was the high school villain who, like, couldn't get over his near-fatal hazing incident. Right. He was reliving his glory days of high school. Sure. But without the glory. Yeah. Because he was, he was a grown-up, but he still pretended he was in high school. Yes. Although he'd been think... in a coma for 12 years, so he's basically picking up where he left off. Yeah, I guess that's true. I can't wait for the next episode when the head cheerleader is the villain. Oh, that's gotta happen. And her power is jumping, probably? Or, like, something gymnastic-related? It's gotta be, like, her cheers, like, actually mind-control people or something. Yeah, or she does, like, mimes. Like, she can make force fields that are shaped like things. Yeah, it's gotta happen. What are some other high school archetypes here? Uh, drama club people? Drama club. Maybe they can, like create illusions or, or shapeshift or something. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. There's, um, like, like the bully or the jock who's definitely going to get super strength or something to that effect. Well, that's Whitney, right? Yeah, but he's... He's going be, to become a villain at one point. I should super. note, when, like, they're getting in their car, he says, like, Clark, I want to apologize for everything. He looks up and Clark's gone. So he is getting a little positive character developments. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Um, what else? Is there, like, a... I don't know. I feel like... I, I want to make it clear that these aren't negative stereotypes. I'm just trying to think of, like, early 2000s things that you would have seen on TV at the time. So is there, like, a, a computer nerd who... Oh, definitely. ...goes into the internet, maybe? Yes. Or, how about they tackle teen pregnancy and, like, the baby is some kind of monster? Actually, that'd be kind of problematic. <laughs> yeah, that'd be problematic on a number of levels, I think. <laughs> um, what else? Hmm. Vampires? Remember all those vampires from high school? I'd be amazed if in ten seasons, Clark doesn't fight at least one vampire. <laughs> what about, like, the foreign exchange students? I don't know what, what power he'd it, it would depend on which country he came from, I guess. Just being surprisingly popular, and no one gets it, but, like, everyone wants to be around him. Oh, what about the kids who are, like, token up? 
you know, the, the, the stoners and the burnouts. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What if the burnout gets fire powers? Oh, I get it. And he can call himself the 420-inator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, uh, this was 2001. You, uh... Don't think they'd be edgy enough to go for a school shooter kind of episode, do you? I don't think so. I mean, Buffy did. But yeah. I guess we'll find out next time on We Get It, He's Superman. Yep, I cannot wait to see what Lex Luthor's next heinous plot to help Clark Kent will be. So, yeah. uh, until then, uh, stay normal, everybody. Keep it crypty. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat that. So long. Okay. I'm trying to think of a good sign off for me specifically. Okay, bye. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of We Get It, He's Superman. I'd like to thank the Split Squad for letting us use their song Superman Says off the album Now Hear This as the intro and outro for this podcast. If you like what we did, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at GetSuperman or write to us at WGIHSCast at gmail.com. Thanks, friends, and stay super.